Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag BYU. Happy with the win. It's pleased with the leadership on this team. So I told the guys I was going to let loose and have fun tonight. And I wanted to see them. I mean, all the coaching took place already. So I wanted to see them lead and, and take over this game. And they did. It was an awesome sight to see as a head coach. And there's some things that we can get better and do and improve on. But I love the fact that we had a lot of players get in the game. And, and uh, against a good physical team like Navy, I, I felt like we challenged our team to be physical. And so I, I'm glad that it showed up. And you know, I think Navy will do some good things this year. But our guys, they played out of their minds tonight and and, um, it was just a great sight to see for a head coach. Kalani Sataki after BYU just completely dominated Navy. They blow out the midshipmen 55-3 and PK what he said in there will uh, determine uh, in part how we look at this going forward. I mean in the moment it was awesome. He expects Navy to do some good things this year. Last year they were an 11 win team Two years ago, they were a three-win team. It'll be interesting to see what kind of team they turn out to be after that uh, after that annihilation. So you're taking away from BYU's win if Navy isn't as good? Is that no. what you're saying? Is that your point? Well, I guess if there are three wins, yeah, that would take some of the luster off it. I mean, you get what you get on TV. People sitting there watching on TV are like, whoa, that is a beating. If they were to... Uh, win the conference, that win would look even better. I mean, by the time it was 14 nothing, Reese Davis was already looking at the schedule wondering who might beat them, if anyone was going to beat them. Right. This is about BYU. This isn't about Navy, man. Navy's going to do what they do. BYU has no control over what Navy does. BYU can only control what they did, and they won 55-3. to I don't want to hear that Navy isn't any good. Who cares? We're talking about BYU. They just won a game by 50... Two points. Nice. That's some NAU Good math right math. there. <laughs> Who cares about Navy, whether they're good or not? Look at you. Channel 2 raining on BYU's parade. Navy's no good. So what? This is about BYU celebrating their win. We're dancing, man. And you want to bring an end to the music. And it's 7.04 in the morning on a windy morning. You blowhard, you. Nice. Well done. <laughs> 301 yards. I think if there's one thing you can take away for sure, it's what we were talking about late in yesterday's show when NFL scouts say BYU could have four guys drafted. That offensive line. Only four? (laughs) Only four. Make it a clean sweep. All five. (laughs) And eight guys start last year. That came up a couple times. Tyler Algier led the way with 132 yards, but Lapini Catella averaged eight yards a carry behind that O-line too. Ten carries for 80 yards. 301 is a massive number. Absolutely, man. The, the, I thought both lines dominated. Oh, yeah, the uh, D-line did, too. Offensive and defensive, yeah. yeah I mean, Navy, I, Navy ran for three yards a carry. No no complaints there. I was just surprised they were able to curtail that quarterback. He's got cannon for an arm. <laughs> you were Maybe it's his other that. arm. It certainly wasn't his right arm. <laughs> By halftime, they changed quarterbacks. Third quarter, let's try something different. But it didn't matter because the line of scrimmage belonged to the Cougars. Yeah, I mean, this type of effort, man. They Sit down. They could have beaten anybody last night the way they played. I like the people who were tweeting about Bring on Bama. That was good. Found the Bring on Bama gifts there. Put them out there. 
Clemson was tweeting, we want BYU. More of your reaction to the Cougars' big win. Coming up next, David Nixon, former Cougar, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. He ought to be in a good mood. Ross Dellinger, national college football writer for Sports Illustrated at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hashtag college football. Oregon star left tackle Penny Sewell announced he is opting out of the upcoming season, whatever that ends up looking like, if it happens at all for Oregon. He's out, the former Desert Hills high school star, top five draft prospect by a lot of scouting services. Uh, ESPN has him as number two. PK, this isn't surprising. We've seen some others play, other players do this, and he has got the NFL's full attention. So why wait around to find out whatever it is that might be done by the Pac-12 at some point? Well, Pac-12's old news, man. They don't want to play, don't play. Who cares about them? But yeah, I, I mean, this is a no-brainer. I think you might see kids... Since they got this rule, you got to be uh, three years since you graduated high school so you can redshirt. But if you don't redshirt, why even bother to play that last season? When you're this highly rated and you've been assured of being a first-round pick and a top-five pick now for over 12 months, why bother playing college? There's too much money at stake. Train, keep yourself healthy, work on your specific things that are going to get your skills improve that you need at the pro level so to me an absolute no-brainer under these circumstances yes but I'm wondering if they go forward and do it even if there was a traditional fall season when you're this type of pro prospect something to consider I think it is something to consider you know as a left tackle the last thing he needs you imagine some other players getting tangled up and rolling up on the yeah, back of his I mean, legs? That, that's what usually happens with offensive linemen. Yeah. If somebody rolls up on him and he never even sees it, see it coming because he's blocking, he's engaged with someone, and some other buddy gets their butt blocked and they fall and roll on him or whatnot. Next thing you know, knee, ankle, who knows? Sure, there's just too much money at stake here for these guys, man. And if you get hurt, no one else is going to give you their, their money. Well, Phil Knight will probably give it to you. That's how you got there in the first place, I guess. But, you know, you have to look out for yourself and your own financial deal. M- Money's not everything. It's only 99%. Oklahoma State's game against Tulsa has been delayed a week. Tulsa hasn't been able to practice. They've had an outbreak on their team. Uh, there's four games that have been delayed, SMU, TCU, with uh, SMU not having enough guys to meet the mandatory minimums. you got to have 53 guys. The Big 12 is set numbers and put them out there. You also have to have specific numbers by position group, and they're not meeting those either. Uh, So one game in, we have the first coaching casualty of the year. That didn't take long. Jay Hobson, Southern Miss, mutually agreed to part ways after South Alabama beat Southern Miss 32-21. That's a weird well, I, deal. Yeah, that's that's crazy after one. I think we'd, we'd have another one here real soon. I don't see Kalani Sataki long for BYU. I'm figuring SC comes and gets him now. I thought you were going to say the NFL. Does he want the NFL? I don't know if you can get away with dancing if you're in the NFL. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I wanted to know, is it real what they say about Belichick? You know, is it is, is it going to be too, you know, I didn't know. And I think 
it's honestly been a match made in heaven for me just knowing that, you know, I'm at a place where everything is pulling in the same direction and everything is geared towards winning. A match made in heaven. The bar is being set, PK. I feel 12-4 and four coming on. All you gamblers take New England every week, all you fantasy football players, draft Cam Newton and every Patriots skill player you can get your hands on. Well, you people believe a lot of that stuff, you know, when you find your eternal companion, match made in heaven, right? So I'll just let you two handle this. You both can relate to it. Yach is nowhere near the microphone. He is shaking his head. Not touching this one. Why not? All of a sudden you're running from your beliefs? Yach, come on, man. I never knew you. If Cam Newton in New England was a match made in heaven, then Marcus Mariota and the Raiders was a match made where? Where, Raider fan? Down south. Way, way down south. Marcus Mariota goes on injured reserve. Uh, Undisclosed officially, reports say it appears to be a pectoral injury. Under the NFL's COVID-19 rules, they've they've tweaked some of the rules now. He could return to the roster in three weeks. So, not quite as big a deal as it used to be under the old rules, where you'd be out half a season. Adrian Peterson, one-year deal with the Detroit Lions. Washington let him go. Detroit scoops him up. Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator with the Lions, uh, was with him for four years in Minnesota. So you got a link there. Let's see if they can get another uh, another year out of Adrian Peterson. He's 35 now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Murray drives right down the right alley. Attacks on Leonard. Oh! Rejected at the rim. The two-time defensive player of the year says, do not come in here. Kawhi Leonard sends it back on Jamal Murray. He gave him the middle finger, PK. The one-finger block. Tried to get three fingers on there, but at the end, he was just able to deflect it with that one finger. And the Clippers win the game. Great fourth quarter for the Clippers. A 12-2 run, 29-19 in the quarter. They come from behind and win 113-107. They're up two games to one. And Paul George, 12 of 18 shooting, 32 points. Playoff P having a game. Oh, yeah, he really did. You know, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game because of BYU, but obviously you could tell by the end of the first quarter, wow, this game is over for the Cougars, just how bad they're going to do it. And what's the margin going to be? So I flipped over a little bit more. And and Paul George plays like that. He's awesome, you know, because he's so long. He's so athletic. He can do so many things. If he's hitting shots, man, that just makes the Clippers that much tougher, obviously. You know, he talked about his mental health earlier when they were – in that situation in, in, in uh, the Disney property and all that stuff. I don't know what's going on, if that improved or whatnot, but nevertheless, you know, you hope for the best there. But clearly his play was just sensational, and they've got so many weapons. They're, they're not a perfect team by any stretch, but when they got that many guys playing that well, you really don't get a, that big of a game from Kawhi because he doesn't need it. And he's just uh, sort of going along with what's available there, and the whole idea... You know, especially for him now at this point, it's just to win and continue to pile up as many titles as you can get. And hey, I got to give Denver credit, though, man. They, they played very well. They just got beat a little bit. I mean, the Clippers were just a little bit better. But Denver, I thought that they they I admire the way they play. I, I actually enjoy watching Denver play. Obviously, we watched them play all seven games here in the last couple of weeks. 
but I, I think they're a fun team to watch play. But the Clippers, just a little bit better, you know. I think they'll win the series. So I've got to give Denver credit for competing at a very, very high level. Give playoff P some credit for the defense. When uh, he was guarding Jamal Murray, Murray was one for six. And Murray oh, yeah, ended up you, five of 17. You've got that kind of agility and athletic ability and length. And desire. You can see why. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. They can be a really, really good defensive team. And the Jazz, they don't have somebody like a Paul George that can go and guard somebody. And I don't know that many teams do, for that matter. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, there aren't a lot of Paul Georges running around. And it's one of the reasons Kawhi Leonard said, if you can get Paul George, I'll come. That's what he told the Clippers. And I think as far as watching Denver and enjoying them, didn't we both come away thinking Jokic and Murray are really good and those guys can put on a show. Jokic threw a couple of passes, probably threw more than a couple, but like you, I was in and out of the game. He threw a no-look pass. He was kind of double-teamed at the free-throw line. He looked at the yeah. corner and the defender goes and he just zips it underneath for a layup. And the defender just like looks at a teammate or his bench where it kind of looks back and just shakes his head like, what am I supposed to do about that? It was two on one. I had to pick a guy. I took away the three. Yeah, but it was a great pass. That, uh, he also threw a baseball a pass. It was on the money. Yeah. 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 Obviously, he must have known. That must have been a play because it looked like he didn't even look up. Mm-hmm. It looked like he got the board and just immediately went into a throwing motion. It's not like he looked to, uh, you know, who's my outlet guy on the sides. He heard something. in the middle in the yeah. backcourt. Yeah, he knew that was a Murray, that he was that he was going deep, so to speak. And so, yeah, he did put He's a marvelous player. And he looks like some of these shots that uh, just like, what's going on? But he's not off balance, man. For as big as he is, he's able to maintain his balance and looks so smooth. He had 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He did have 7 turnovers. So there was that. So Denver's down 2 games to 1. Boston is now up. 3-2 in their series. They beat Toronto, and that game was a blowout. I, didn't even, I saw the score. I didn't even feel compelled to turn over to it, PK. It was just so lopsided. They were up big in that yeah. one. I watched it early, uh, and they, they pulled away early. Yeah, 111-89. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're better than Toronto. I think Toronto's run uh, is coming to an end here. Tatum, Walker, and Brown, all, uh, all scoring it. They all had... But 65 points combined, all about 20. Today, Heat and Bucks. Miami will try to finish the series again. They're up 3-1. to one. The game's at 4-30. We don't know if Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to play. He's listed as questionable. With a sprained right ankle, he's been seen in the boot since the end of the last game. We'll see how that plays out. Lakers and Rockets, 7 o'clock. That series tied a game apiece. Both those games are on TNT today. I guess the Lakers-Rockets, it'll just see if Westbrook can make shots when the Lakers leave them wide open because it's pretty clear what's going to happen there. Uh, Yeah, and I think on the flip side are the Lakers going to make shots too. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 0-2. Line drive. Got a chance. It's a base hit down the right field line. Could be extra bases. Here comes Garcia. Here comes Mateo. So fast. Huffy will bring him home. They'll never get him. They'll never get him. The throw. The slide. Save at home plate. The Padres have defeated the Colorado Rockies. one nothing on a walk-off in the ninth inning. And the Padres pick up the victory. I was watching the Padre TV broadcast on uh, MLB Network. I thought of you, PK. As soon as then, I thought, 
Man, PK's going to be disappointed I didn't listen to the Colorado broadcast over on AT&T so I could hear the announcers crying wine. <laughs> I literally thought that's in there the chair. Well, it's always it's this tricky thing, you know, because you want to want to watch your guys as a Padre guy, you, but then you want to hear the other guys cry. And, and I, I would think Colorado now to the point realize, yeah, you're probably not going anywhere again. I think we've got the two teams, and there could be three coming out of the division, but uh, with the first and second place teams, I think there's just clear separation now. There's two teams that are really good, and the other three aren't as good. Although the Giants are better than expected. I've got to give them credit. I think that, I don't think they were expecting a lot, but they're, I think they're right at 500. They are hovering around a playoff berth. It could, it could happen. It could also get away from them. You know, we yeah. just have to see how that works out. Right now, they are at exactly 500. Yeah, I think they're like 21-21. Which, yeah, they are. They're 21 and 21, and right now that ties them for the 7 and 8 spot with the Marlins, who are 18 and 18. And the Rockies are a half game back. So, now if you get in as 8, you get the Dodgers right away, so good luck with that. But better to be in than not in, I guess. Yeah, if you don't want to get in the lottery. Uh, the Padres did leave Eric Hosmer, who fractured his left index finger. They lost their first baseman while he was a- attempting to bunt. Bunt? Bunt? In 2020, who's bunting? Eric Hosmer. Uh, he's out two to six weeks with the injury. That's kind of a widespread. <laughs> widespread. Two weeks, he's back, and he's got some time to play before the postseason. Six weeks, they need to win playoff series. At least one. Maybe he could play in the second round. That is a wide range, and he's a player for them, so that's a mm-hmm. blow. Yep. Uh, the Giants we were just talking about, they got back to 500 by beating Arizona 4-2. to two. The pitching staff combining the three hit the Diamondbacks. In the American League, what has happened to the New York Yankees? A 10-run sixth inning, and they get beat in Buffalo by Toronto. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to that the, the, with the freeway right beyond left field. I don't know. There's something about that. Cracks well. me up. But uh, they, they've now gone, uh, they've lost 14 out of 19. The Yankees are tumbling. They're 21 and 20. I mean, they're still in the playoffs right now, but they're not far away from missing them. I mean, Boone is just lucky that Billy Martin is dead. Or he'd be back coaching the yeah. team? Yeah. I just hired Man, Billy Martin for the third time. Oh, my gosh. What a be It would be like for the 40th time. Yeah, yeah. probably. All right, Seattle's got a six-game winning streak. Yak, you like that? I don't understand why you root for the Niners and and, and the Mariners. It's a problem, but yeah, right. they're climbing up the playoff standings. So not yet, but they're closing in on the Yankees. They're not there yet. Three games out, two games two. out. Two. Be back. All I'll right, take D- it. DJ and PK. DJ to finish it off, Bill. And here we go, up the hill for birdie, and this to post 21 under par. Shadow is right over the hole. Putt to the cup and drops it in. Little fist bump, birdie at the last for Dustin Johnson, and he is the winner of the 2020 Tour Championship, and with it captures the PGA Tour's ultimate prize, the FedEx Cup. Dustin Johnson is finally the golfer you thought he was going to be, PK. Not just crushing those 300-plus yard drives, which are just majestic and awesome, and but now he's starting to make 30-foot putts like it's not a big deal. And when you can do those two things, what's going to stop you? 
Well, I think in golf, you have to have everything. You have to have in between. You have to have the bookends, but you have to have it all. And he's a supreme talent. He has it all, and he's got it going on right now. He is, I don't know what the rankings say, but in my mind, he's the number one player. That doesn't mean you're going to win everything. It doesn't work that way in golf. But he's the number one player, and he's playing very well. He got that $15 million check. And uh, now we gear up. What are we? Uh, is it uh, next week? So we're basically two weeks, a little less than two weeks away from the U.S. Open. Is that where we're going? Is it two weeks or three weeks? I think it's two weeks, right? I think you're right, but I'll have to check. Yeah. There's nothing normal about this year. I'm taking nothing for granted. Three-stroke win for him. He was uh, 21 under. Tony Finau was four strokes back. He finished uh, sixth place, 17. Or excuse me, 17th place, six under. Got that backwards. 17th place, six under. All right. DJ wins again. That is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener in Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, BYU 55-3. Total annihilation. Your reaction to that butt weapon on the way. Next. Hit us up, grab the phone, use the open mic, send us your take. We will get to that next. We're on Facebook, DJ and PK, and on Twitter, at David DJ James. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Some friends of mine asked me to play baseball, and they were a year younger, so they told me I had to bat left-handed, and uh, I hit a grand slam. Oh, Not a chance. I still, they, listen, I swear to you, this is true. Not a chance. I swear. You guys have trust issues. <laughs> I wonder why. I got a letter from Casey Case. I said I'm a fan. I didn't get an invitation to go to the Playboy Mansion. I got taught how to play polo <laughs> by Juice Newton. The stories that I tell are 99.5%, 100% facts. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Katoa's getting into the secondary. He's got a chance to go, and now each of the two BYU running backs have found the end zone, and they are absolutely gashing the midshipmen in the early going, a 39-yard touchdown run. Wilson with a little tunnel. Romney has running room, and Romney going down the sideline, still on his feet, and Gunnar Romney will stroll into the end zone with another BYU touchdown. Hot takes your toes, brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, your reaction, BYU, 55-3. How about that butt-whipping? Wow. DJB's tweeting at his toughness, execution, and discipline made the difference. More discipline than the discipline you see at a service academy, PK. That's a lot of discipline. PK stunned into silence. A lot of you are weighing in on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. BYU was favored by one point in this game. Navy looked like a 2A high school game. Or BYU's pretty good. Tony posting that. Tony, that is the essence of any opener. Is the winner that good or is the loser that bad? 
The only thing I can take away from that for sure, playing an option team who hadn't been hitting raises question marks. But I think the thing you know for sure is BYU's O-line is that good. That is the one thing I'm going to come out. I went in thinking NFL scouts were looking at four guys on the line. NFL scouts don't really care about anything except finding talent and keeping their jobs and maybe getting, in some cases, getting a personnel job, right? So you want to be right. You're not messing around. You're not playing favorites. All the emotion that goes with colleges and fan bases and rivalries, it doesn't matter. They're just looking for talent. And they think they found it in BYU's offensive line. If they're staring at four guys thinking, can they help us? There's some talent there. And then BYU ought to be able to run behind that line. And guess what? BYU ran for 301 yards. So the BYU run game, the BYU offensive line, I think they're going to be that good. You can go with question marks on other stuff. You want a second game to confirm it. Uh, BYU's got to buy this week, so they're saying the game will be Army in two weeks. You know, and on Army, the same deal. Army, Army rolled 42 to nothing over Middle Tennessee State. Well, is Army really good? They've had some good teams. Not as many good teams as Navy, but they had some good teams in the last decade. We'll find out when we get there. Right now, for BYU fans, wallow in the victory. Uh, Jonathan says, oh, Jonathan, I think Jonathan speaks for a lot of people here. Jonathan says, it makes me wonder. What would have happened if we would have played the Utes? Though, to be honest, part of it was Navy wasn't ready to play. Their coaches are in a no-win situation. It was all COVID-19. Don't have the players hit. It's not good to have offensive linemen and defensive linemen up there breathing on each other. So, right, Navy didn't look, to, didn't look ready to play, but we kind of know why. But it can't, it can't be just Navy. And I get Navy's at a you know, disadvantage, but... Man, they, they were just getting pushed all over the field. Now, would that have happened against the Utes? The Utes would have more talent, but we know the Utes graduated a lot of guys who played a lot of snaps. And they're, they've got, they're going to have talent. They're bringing guys in. But would they have been ready in game one? And we won't know. We will get to argue about that until the end of time. Troy is not considering what might have happened. He's only focused on what did happen. The BYU O-line was a bunch of beasts today. I never played O-lineman. I was a small kid. Yak, you played O-line. You can speak to this. How much fun is it when you start shoving somebody around and it occurs to you, I'm going to be shoving this dude around for the next three hours. It There's is, nothing he can do. I got very him. enjoyable. <laughs> It's that feeling of superiority that we all crave. How long did it take, as a high school lineman at Mountain View High School, a Bruin, how long did it take for you to realize that BYU was going to shove Navy around until the game ended? I think by the time we got to the end of that first quarter, it was very apparent that one team was completely overmatched. I thought on the se- at the end of the second drive, at 14 nothing. And I think the pick came at 14, and then the touchdown for 21 was the fourth drive. I think everybody knew the game was over at 21 nothing, But I think some people were already thinking at 14 nothing. Reese Davis calling the game on ESPN. I started laughing when he started talking about BYU's schedule and how tough it was going forward after the second touchdown. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty clear to him he's got a blot on his hands. <laughs> It's like, okay, we're going to have to dig pretty deep here. Every note I collected all week, I'm going to need it. He went straight to the schedule. Well, Navy can't stop BYU. Who can't? 
And the conclusion they came to was maybe Army, maybe Houston. At BYU, a massive favorite in the other games. And Herbstreit was trying to reel them in. Well, you know, there's a lot of time to go in this one. And Reese was having none of it. Yeah. yeah that just means BYU is going to beat him in Morris. There's a lot of time left. Daniel says all that matters to me is that BYU is playing, while all the rest of the other teams from Utah aren't. Is that, Daniel, because you love BYU? Or you're glomming onto them because no, there's no other team in the state to glom onto? I'm, I'm not sure I'm getting that right there. I mean, yes, it's great that they're playing, and if that's your team and all the others aren't, you're like, whew, at least my team is playing. But come on, it's got to mean a little more to you, Daniel, that they went in there in the Monday Night Football time slot and dished out a beating for three hours. Donald says, that's the best I've seen the play since the Lavelle Edwards days. Now, that's high praise. They've had ranked teams. They've won yeah, there big were games. Some great teams under Bronco with Max Hall, et cetera. That Best, were good. I'm just like off the top of my head, and we're having diff- technical difficulties with PK. He'll he'll connect here in a second. But he covered the Cougars. He saw more games in person. Off the top of my head, when you say, "Tell me a game where BYU played better than they did in this," I mean, for score's sake, if I'm going to go back and find 50 point wins. You know, I don't, I don't care about the Savannah States of the world, right? When did they get a team that's recognized as a good team and thrash them thoroughly? And I would say the bowl game with Oregon comes to mind. That's the one that jumps right out at me. And I'm probably missing other games. So if you've got it, uh, there was a really good win down at TCU when John Beck announced his senior year. I'm, I got this. Uh, but I think that Oregon bowl win, that was... A beating. And I know it wasn't a great Oregon team or they wouldn't have been in the Vegas Bowl in that situation. But I think for sliding to the Vegas Bowl, they were, if this makes sense, they were one of the better Pac-10 teams that slid to the Vegas Bowl. And BYU dominated them. I mean, BYU went down there and didn't they beat UCLA in a blocked field goal right at yeah, the end? Yeah, it was 38 to 8. And they got drilled by a Cal team. So you never really knew what was going to happen. They, they couldn't stop Marshawn Lynch, it was which, Mike, which yeah. in retrospect is more understandable than it was that night. That night it was kind of like, man, BYU should have played better. That should have been a better game. But like Bilotti and that Oregon team went into Vegas talking. Oh, my gosh, they were running. And that yeah. did make it sweeter. Yes. You know, so don't confuse them with a 10-win team because they weren't a 10-win team. Bilotti was taking – and even afterwards, he was a sore loser. Oh, very much so. What a cranky dude. He just couldn't say, hey, tonight they were the better team, which always leaves open, you know, but it's the fact, right? Tonight. So that one jumps out at me. The TCU game jumps out at me. You know, where you don't just win. You just you, you, you win convincingly. Mark says, too bad they won't be able to prove anything this season. Would have been nice to play Bama with that game. Too bad they won't be able to prove anything. Could there be a bowl game out there? I mean, I get your point. You know, Army and Houston... And a bunch of Sunbelt and Conference USA schools. North Alabama. Unfortunately, the Pac-12 and Big Ten opponents aren't walking through that door. Colton says, I'm not sure if Navy is that bad or BYU is that good. Colton, you can always say that after game one. No matter what the result is, that is a college football game one takeaway. You know, in the pros, 
you got guys coming back year after year, so you kind of have a feel, right? If the Packers or the Saints or the Patriots with Brady comes rolling out and looks game one, you don't think, huh, I wonder if they're that good. Because they got enough guys from the year before. But in college football, where you're turning over a quarter of the roster and probably half the guys who play a lot of snaps, you always have that question. That's a good question to have. That's a question you should embrace. I wonder if we're really that good. Because that means you crush somebody week one. That question is never answered week one. It really can't be. So we know that Team X is that good. You can't really know. Whoever you are, no matter how big your you know, made-for-TV game is on the opening weekend, you still got more tests out there. And the question is, do people catch up to you on film? I think that's the beauty and why uh, you can probably lean towards optimism with BYU. Well, first off, there's the schedule, right? They're not playing Missouri. They're not playing Stanford. They're not playing Utah, Michigan State, ASU, on down the line. They're not playing those guys. But the thing you can count on is when your O-line is bigger and badder than everybody else, and there's some things you're going to have to deal with, right? There may be a great D-line out there in another season. I think BYU could see some good defensive linemen this year, but I can't believe they're going to see, you know, even if, even if there's an NFL defensive lineman on one of these teams on the other side of the line of scrimmage, so you run to the other you run to the other side of the line. You got four offensive linemen in the NFL looking at. You just run away from that guy. That's that's a little play calling there. And defensive linemen have to rotate after after a certain number of plays. So eventually they're gonna be off the field. I, I think the thing you can count on is the O line is gonna be good. And they should have the matchup advantage week after week, which means you're gonna run the ball, which means play action pass is gonna have the other team, you know, on their heels. They're gonna have to deal with that. You're going to have the advantage. Now, you can turn it over. If you fumble, and they did have that pick on the third series, you know, you give the ball away, then, then there's an issue. But you're kind of chasing ghosts right there. When your O-line is that good, the offense should be really good. Dave says, I didn't see that coming. I'm glad my Coug showed out. Well, Dave, you're not alone. Literally nobody picked BYU to win that game by 50. Nobody picked them to win by 40. I didn't see anybody pick them to win by 30. So nobody saw that coming. You know, the, the storyline leading into the game, and we had the Navy uh, radio guy on uh, yesterday, and we had uh, Kareem Copeland, who used to work here for AP, who now writes for the Washington Post, who covers the team. I think both of them said is, we're going into this season with less knowledge than usual. You're not seeing practices. You're not having the side conversations where you kind of get a feel for the coach's level of confidence, both in the short run and the long run. You know, in the short run, how much confidence you have in that matchup, and then the long run, how much confidence you have in your team over the course of a season. And those can be two different things. But you're losing a lot of that. With the Zoom, you don't have some side conversation after – you know, after the uh, recorder is stopped or after the camera is stopped or whatever, you don't have that side conversation to pick that up. With Zoom, they just click out and that's it. No small talk. And I've heard that that's, you know, in the long run, in the short run, it's not that big a deal. In the long run, that's going to be a problem in a lot of business relationships. That's how American society has to reorganize itself because relationships are so important. And in our world, 
you know, it does lead you flying blind a little bit as far as making picks on the first game. Whoever, I mean, it's BYU-Navy here, but whatever team, whatever game. Right, and for some of these teams, it's conference games right out of the right out of the uh, get go. They were uh, promoing games, uh, all the upcoming games that ESPN and ABC are going to be showing. And, and there's some teams you get to start with non conference, but some are jumping right into conference play because that's all they're doing. Ross, you guys are total BYU homers. Someone had to be the first to say it. Getting thumbs up, getting laugh emojis, getting replies. Ross thinks he's hilarious. And I know Ross thinks he's hilarious because I literally know Ross. And he texted me in the middle of the game last night. Oh, you guys are going to get the BYU homer shots from the, from the Ute fans and the Aggies. I think even the Utes and Aggies are savvy enough to go, that was a butt kicking. Now, they are probably playing the, eh, let's see how good Navy card is a little more than uh, Cougar fans want to. But that was still a butt kicking. And people start going right back at him. Hey, Ross, who else is playing? Not the Utes. Laughing till crying emojis. Are we really celebrating the fact that people aren't playing? You know, if you're in a camp that thinks it's not safe to play, good. But you're not, you're not celebrating it. Yes, they're not playing. <laughs> Carl, no. Those guys don't talk about the Utes enough anyways. Forgot to add that in there. That's not true. We're totally you honks and homers. Ask any cougar, they'll tell you. The PK just said it in the last segment. Channel 2, bunch of Ute honks. <laughs> Did you say that on the air, Yak? Yak, come on, man. Put the comedy on the air. The people, the wind is blowing. They're taking their lives in their hands to get to work it and is, power the American economy, which has sputtered a little bit under the coronavirus. It is wild and wooly out there, so be careful. Entertain the people. Oh, don't, don't go Dewey Hopper. I'm just saying. This is great. I get to be PK, and now you get to be me. I know, but I, as I said. We're like shape-shifting here. I this know. is awesome. PK would have said your comment about uh-huh. Channel 2. I said, well, he would say it again if he was connected right now. Yeah, but you said it. It wasn't what you said. It was how you said it. I know. There was this tone. There's this level of disgust. You were like a thespian. You're like down there. Do you go down to Cedar City for the Shakespeare Festival no, and just wow been. the crowds? Nope. Oh, you know you do. Your talent on the stage, you meant a commanding presence. No, I ain't, I ain't about to do Shakespeare. Don't use sound logic here. Nobody wants to hear that. Someone will always feel slighted. Always. (laughs) Carl posted that. Carl, you've listened to the show more than once, apparently. (laughs) Someone always does feel slighted. When we get to college football, someone always feels slighted. The team isn't appreciated. The team isn't talked about enough. Any the win isn't segment, celebrated enough. Any given segment, somebody, we get a tweet from somebody saying, oh my God. you guys need to talk more about Utah. It's like we just talked about them in the previous segment it's, and you had tuned in. It's but, okay. hilarious. Yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, man. Uh, Brooke says, BYU played well. I do think Corner Canyon High could have beaten Navy tonight. You're dang right they could have. Chargers have it going on. Now I'm trying to channel PK. What else would he say about Joe Corner Canyon? They have the best coach in the state. Exactly. Pumps a lot of iron, though. <laughs> Isn't that what the ESPN announcers are saying? All he does is work out and coach football. Get in a lift, watch some film. Get in another lift, go to practice. 
Ryan says, come on, guys, 55 to 3 makes sense. Navy couldn't practice. <laughs> I thought that got played up a little hard during the broadcast. You know, if they had lost by a touchdown and tackled poorly early and then gotten into the game, that would be a pretty good argument. But when you get pushed around like that all night long, you know, it wasn't just that Navy wasn't tackling. Navy wasn't getting close enough to people to tackle. There were some running lanes there. There were some huge creases. I I think they're too big to be creases. Like when there's a crease, a running back is like running through an arm tackle, right? Yeah, right, exactly. It was more like I-15. Right down there. I don't I don't need to be touched. Just gotta run. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. David Nixon, former Cougar, NFL linebacker, BYU TV football analyst, will join us at eight o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Heelan of NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. We've seen comparisons of Dwayne Wade and others. Can Donovan Mitchell be the superstar that a team needs to take them to the finals and eventually lead them to a championship? I think he's a guy who's a true number one, but you're going to have to find a strong number two, and that may not be rude. Dwayne Wade won a title with Shaq in a very different NBA, and then he needed LeBron there to win the next couple. The hardest part of building a championship team is there are number between 8 and 12 guys in the league you can say I can build a title team around that guy and Donovan Mitchell looks like he's going to be one of those guys Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network DJ PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. What to say about the Cougars? BYU just beat Navy 55-3. They hung a half a hundred on them, as the old ball coach would say. 300 yards rushing, f- over 500 yards total offense. Didn't even give up the field goal until the second half when it was long since decided. Now they got two weeks to get ready for Army. So, what do you think? Your reaction to that complete annihilation? Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. I'm at David DJ James on Twitter. Alex says, yeah, that was such a complete annihilation. I changed it to the Clippers-Nuggets game. I get that, Alex. Actually, early on, I was tempted to change it to the NBA game, and then I realized, "Mm, okay, the Celtics are up by 20. That was a blowout before the Clippers even tipped off. Scott says, Navy's looking like Judge Memorial. Okay, so we're getting uh, Judge Memorial, 2A High School, and Corner Canyon references. So this is a uh, reference your either your most favorite or your least favorite high school football team. They did get dominated in the line of scrimmage. And we just took a power hit, so that windstorm. Look out! We're here for you until we're not, people. We'll do what we can. That freaked Yawk out. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Whoa. Come on. That's just a flash of light. You've ridden out an earthquake on the fifth floor here. How come the emergency lights are flickering? That can't be a good sign. Yeah, we now have a problem. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> okay. All right. Don't be gone long. We've got to take a break and then get to uh, David uh, 
David Nixon, he's going to join us here in a minute. All right, uh, Brian tweets at us. Oh, Brian with the serious, thoughtful take. This game proves it's important to practice. It got mentioned a lot during the broadcast. Navy wasn't hitting. Coronavirus stuff, not wanting to uh, you know, lose a, a whole position group, keeping guys separate, so working on tackling dummies, not hitting each other, not going live. You know, and you can say that um, – that's too much, you know, that uh, Ken Niamatololo, you know, in, in hindsight, it's easy to say, well, they, they should have hit. You know, but you look at TCU-SMU, it is possible to get a position group or two and have a bunch of guys get it and not have a game played. I think how disappointing that would have been if BYU had flown back there. Well, if it would have been disappointing, if it had been canceled on Friday before they left. But think how disappointing it would have been if they'd flown back there and, oh, nope, we're not playing. It's not like he's lived through a pandemic before, so I don't really want to, you know, come down on him too much. Everybody uh, takes whatever precautions and does the best thing they can. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to get drilled 55-3 to and see his defense pushed around. Nor am I sure that if they had practiced, I mean, you could say it would have been better, but it would have changed the outcome, you know? Would BYU have won that game 35-14? Uh, to I mean, that was so decisive to say that it was just that they weren't hitting? That seems, that seems like a stretch. <laughs> and then people start tweeting. <laughs> people start posting GIFs. And then naturally, as soon as you say, this game proves it's important to practice, how long does it take for someone to find the Allen Iverson GIF? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Tyler says, it's good to know at least one of the local football teams can play well while being on national TV. Oh, see, that's a shot at the Utes right there. That's the Pac-12 title game in the Alamo Bowl right there. Or possibly the previous Pac-12 title game and the Holiday Bowl. But either way, Kyler, I get your point. All right, more reaction coming in. You can tweet at us, David DJ James. Snazzy says, good win. So glad that we've put a pacifier in the Utes' mouths for the rest of their furloughed season. Woo! Snazzy Coog. When they take the low road, we take the high road. Snazzy Coog not buying into that at all. We got them down, we're kicking them. I mean, the furlough, that's an especially nasty touch, Snazzy. You got to go there. I mean, you want to go with a pacifier in the Utes' mouths, that's for a rivalry. But the furlough? Mark says Navy hadn't hit. It was obvious. A factor nonetheless. But they got pushed around so thoroughly. Would it have made that much of a difference? We got plenty of people weighing in on the rivalry. BYU would have beaten Utah this year. Hey, when you got a really good offensive line and you run the ball like that, so you're saying there's a chance. And Adam replying, uh, with hope and duty, you must say that every year until it actually happens. But this year was definitely lining up to be very interesting. Bummed not to see those two teams play. All right, DJ PK, we got to take a break. David Nixon coming up next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.